0: we going to get down hello and welcome to another episode of Sing Second Sports. I am John Schofield. I am joined by my co-host Ward Carroll. And as always, i Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. We have a fantastic show for you this week. We are getting closer and closer to the BYU game, which will be on Labor Day Monday. And this week we were joined by Matt Munley and Bill Givens of NAAA to talk about some of the logistics and planning for that game, what they have been thinking about really since the pandemic hit in March leading up to current day how the plans have changed, how they've been agile and flexible to uh, try to accommodate for whatever the possible decision was on the horizon. And, you know, we'll go right to Bill Wagner here uh, for what that decision was vis-a-vis the BYU game. Bill, as always, has been, you know, covering Navy football and all of the happenings in and around uh, Navy football very, very well in the Annapolis capital. So, Bill, what's the latest news we can tell our uh, listeners about uh, with uh, the BYU game? Well, obviously,
1: the big news is no fans. Uh, After careful consideration of the circumstances, consulting with the state and local officials, Chuck Gladchuk and his team with the Naval Academy Athletic Association determined they could not safely conduct the game with fans on September 7th when BYU comes to Annapolis for the season opener. They are hopeful the brigade of midshipmen will be able to attend. When I asked about that yesterday, Chet said, at this time, the brigade is included in the no-fans mandate. However, uh, Chet and the AAA have uh, are seeking a waiver from the state of Maryland. Obviously, it'd be Governor Larry Hogan and his team would have to make the decision. They are hopeful of a waiver that would allow the brigade of midshipmen to be in the stands. They would have to be socially distanced. They wouldn't be all congregated in one little section like normal they would be socially distanced all over the stadium um but chet was confident that they could get that waiver being is that they've been in a bubble they've all been tested regularly um the navy's doing so much to maintain safety they feel like the brigade in the stands would be safe so that's where we stand we don't know how many home games this no fans ban is going to apply to uh, I have a feeling that the September games are a no-go. Uh, I think you better look at October as the first Navy home game where fans will be allowed, and then you get to how many fans. If fans are allowed, Navy has already determined it's going to be about a 30% capacity. You can do the math. You'll hear this on the podcast from Matt Munley, but Navy has already sold 14,000 season tickets. Um, now they, uh, they expect a large amount of the people who bought those tickets will opt out of attending a game. Uh, but then you add in the brigade of midshipmen, the bottom line is it is highly unlikely that there will ever be general ticket sales to the general public for a game at Navy this season.
0: Yeah. And that's a good point, Wags. And before I shift it over to Ward, um, I, I will make it very clear that, uh, it, number one, it was awesome for, for Matt Munley and Bill Gibbons to join us on the podcast. Uh, our discussion with them took place before the announcement of no fans for the BYU game, but it was fascinating, at least for me, to hear all of the hypotheticals and all of the possible COAs or courses of action uh, that they were considering in order to accommodate you know, possibly the brigade who's looking at an entire semester of no liberty off the yard uh, to possibly accommodate uh, season ticket holders who have been, you know, really very loyal to uh, Naval Academy sports for a long time. So it shows the real considerate thought that goes into it, really anything and everything that the Naval Academy does. If I can, you know, throw compliments in the direction of Chet and A as much as I can, you know, so in that sense, it was fascinating. But Um, you know, obviously our conversation with them took place before the final announcement was made. In terms of that announcement, Ward, what was your take on it and and what, you know, kind of the future holds?
2: Well, I think this is the matrix that we're seeing unfolding nationwide. Um, I think you just pointed out something that I would ask the listeners to keep what John just said in mind in terms of NAAA's bias towards being more inclusive towards being forward-leaning in this COVID-19 environment. They weren't spring-loaded to put their head in the sand, you know? So I know this is going to be upsetting, frustrating to season ticket holders, to class presidents, to those whose entire fall calendar is punctuated by tailgaters. And I'm in that that population, you know? So – Uh, Just had dinner last night on West Street under the stars, dining under the stars with some classmates. And they're very upset. And it's kind of like, so what do we do now for five or six weekends? Because this is our lives. You know, if you're a resident of Annapolis and a grad and a person who is a supporter of Navy football and the brigade. Um, So, object that Wags was talking about with respect to a bubble should resonate with... The governor on down, this is what's different than the student body at Maryland um, or Towson or wherever else, um, is that this community, this population has been in a bubble for a month now. um, And that's very much differentiated from what general civilian student populations have been doing. And so hopefully that resonates because I know that they need this Breather um, while maintaining the bubble as members of the brigade. Um, it would be a lovely distraction on the occasional Saturday to either march or be bussed to the stadium, whatever we determine is safer, and to socially distance in the stands to cheer on Navy football. That would be very necessary. I know the soup supports that, the Don, every company officer, every bat officer. Um, so hopefully that comes to pass. but if they look at it through a lens of the Naval Academy is just another undergraduate institution, then they'll probably give it the kibosh and and it won't include the brigade. So we'll see. And whatever the case, stay tuned because we'll keep the interested parties up to date.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, just out at the Naval Academy golf course yesterday for me, seeing the, uh, the women's cross country team running around the course, they almost looked elated to be, to be off the yard and running around. Um, so really, I, I echo your sentiments that we hope that the brigade can at least get off and and uh, see the football game in the stadium just to kind of spice up life a little bit. Um, you know, truth and advertising, we have asked uh, Governor Hogan's PAO if Governor Hogan can come on and talk about the decision, when the decision is made. Uh, and then next week we uh, hope to talk to Dave Florin. And, uh, and his offensive lineman uh, teammate from, from the days of old, uh, back in the early 90s, Mike Davis. Uh, Dave LaFlorin was referenced by Matt Munley uh, during, uh, uh, during the interview you're about to hear as being a sweet holder. So we'll get Dave's uh, perspective, not only as an old football player, but uh, as a sweet holder and what he's looking at in terms of uh, how this will affect him going forward. So as always, we're getting you the best interviews here on Sync Second Sports, And on that note, we'll go uh, to the first one with Matt Munley right after this break, so stick with us. This is Singh, second Force. Sing, second, sport. This is sponsored by Mills Fine Wine and Spirits, located in downtown Annapolis at City Dock, owned by Jerry and Jen Donahoe, class of 94. Please rely on Mills for your beverage and refreshment needs. They deliver to your boat, to your home, and have great deals for grads and non-grads alike. All right, and we are back. A uh, good discussion there between uh, Ward and Wags about the upcoming season and what we can expect. Um, we are into our staff segment, and we are really, really happy to be joined by Matt Munley. Matt Munley uh, started as the assistant AD for tickets in 2002 and has been a mainstay in Ricketts Hall ever since. He is in charge of all season ticket plans. All drunken fans rolling up here you know, right before the game asking for free seats wondering why their Admiral's Row parking is not as good as it used to be and every other customer service debacle that usually accompanies a football game. But in all seriousness, you know a lot of hard work behind the scenes goes into a football game, and not only football games, but all athletic events that entail tickets. So, uh, Matt Munley, thank you so much for joining us to talk about the upcoming football season, in particular, what we're going to do with BYU. How are you doing?
3: Great. It's great to be here.
0: How has the pandemic uh, been handled in the uh, Munley House? And I will preface this. You have a unique connection to Navy. Your wife was Admiral Larson's flag aide back in the day, or not flag aide, protocol officer. Uh, she is a 1995 grad? 92. Ooh, 95 yeah. minus three. Do you, do you yep. have to salute her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Christy F- Munley actually works in the admissions department for Dean Latta and is a fantastic fantastic member of the staff there and then you have four kids, three of whom have now flown the coop. One at Coastal Caron. Coastal One at George Washington as Emma. a gymnast and yes. then and then one at Brendan is Knapps, at a foundation or, Oh, foundation school, yes. That's right? I always saw that. Up. School. So he will be part I'm of
4: a the foundation class. Guy. Yeah, but my school is no longer on the roster. Marine Military Academy shocking. is no longer one
3: of the. Uh, we'll bring session. that shocking we need to bring that up with the. We will, yeah. yeah. But nomination. the
0: the cool thing is that Brendan will eventually be a member of the class of 2025 when he's done with the foundation school. Is that correct? Yes. Before I turn it over to Wags for the first question, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask you, what has it been like to get ready for the football season? uh, you know, the, the alligator closest to the boat, so to speak with all of the unrest, with all of the uncertainty about tickets, you know, how has your staff handled it? How have you handled it? And what have you done to kind of compensate for all of the unknowns?
3: It's just a unique situation that we're in and we're not facing anything that anybody else in the country isn't facing. So you just have to roll with it. There's nothing that you can control right now. Right? So when we're here, we, we understand what's in front of us. Uh, we understand that our fans have been extremely patient, and we're ready to go as soon as we have clarity, which should be fairly soon.
1: Matt, I, we talked off air about how the tickets are gonna be handled, and I think what you told me, and you can correct me if any of these statements are wrong, Navy and Naval Academy Athletics Association, NAAA, had already closed out its season ticket sales, that you were done, that you had sold the season tickets that were available. And so we have a season ticket base out there presently, and now you have to decide how you can accommodate them over the course of a season with each home game. Um, Obviously, the first game is BYU. You'll be waiting on government officials, both state of Maryland and Anne Arundel County, To let you know what is the amount of fans you're allowed to have in this stadium come September 7th for the BYU game. Why don't you take us through the process of then how you determine what fans and I'm obviously the season ticket holders get priority. You're not selling any tickets to anyone beyond the season ticket holders for a reduced capacity. Why don't you tell us about the process that NAAA ticket office is going to take to determine who gets whatever seats are available here on uh, September 7th for the BYU game.
3: Right. So originally, um, this was going to be the Lafayette game. So that got s- substituted in. And of course, the Notre Dame game never happened. So, so- Notre
1: Dame game was a separate entity all together. Correct. It was not part of the season ticket package. It was not.
3: was not. We did have plans for Dublin, though, that everybody else at this table probably did, too. So we were all going to go there. Um, however, what we're doing with our season ticket base, once again, like I said, they're, they're being patient and what we'll do is what's best for everybody involved you know and we know that's not going to be an unanimous decision that everyone's going to agree with but we're going to have to deal with that also um so our director of athletics just sent out a letter to all of our season ticket holders informing them that we're in the process now of we've come down to our fin- the final stages of how we're going to execute our game chet you know he works with with everyone he he kind of can see things happen before they actually do. And he's a great leader at this point in time, really, because he is involved with everything that you're doing. So he has everything on his plate and and he has waited, right? Waited to see how things come, are, are going to play out. And right now, the way things look he is in the process of making the final decision. So we should know that. And um, we have presented with to him several different scenarios. I mean, a myriad of scenarios. Um, And he's just going to select one and then we'll go from there.
1: Well, I'm presuming, I mean, you have, as part of your season ticket base, a lot of elderly folks. There may be season ticket holders who decide that they don't want to be at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium for a football game at this time. Perhaps they're going to take a wait-and-see approach and maybe go to a game later in the year. Maybe they're going to just decide that Air Force is – I mean, not Air Force because that's a way, but you know what I'm saying. So uh, I guess there's a chance that people could opt out and they would somehow be compensated or, you know, you would work something out.
3: Yeah, and we we started that from the beginning because what we know and then what we placed on our website is – that we would like you to one if you would like to opt out you don't feel comfortable we understand all that you know everyone reacts differently to to this situation that we're in if you'd like to opt out no problem we'd we'd ask you if you'd like to donate and be all in if you'd like to be all in that's great donate your proceeds and and we can take that uh donation that'd be fantastic that would help us in in this scenario as you know everyone's gonna come upon some financial hardships especially athletic departments two is that you can defer that defer it to the next open season piece of cake you know we just slide that money into next year we'll have six home games in 2021 you know one of those will be air force and then three would be that um you ask for a refund we'll give you a refund i mean you're our loyal fans these people are our season ticket base has been with us for a long time and and they are loyal supporters, like I said before, that have been so patient with us, and they've been patient throughout this entire situation. So um, we're just going to execute one of those three things, and, and we'll come out formally with that, like I said, in, in short notice.
4: So, Matt, let's do some of the math. Um, how many season ticket holders are there roughly?
3: So, if you're going to include your, you know, your brigade of midshipmen. In that, in that total, you're going to be upwards to around 19000
4: Okay, so we're still, as you've said, figuring out what the givens are and what the protocols are going to be, but that could potentially be capacity, right?
3: Uh, of the stadium, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yes. So you know that from a single-game standpoint, you're not going to open up to single-game purchasers. Right, okay. Because your assumption is going to be that a portion of your season ticket base is going to defer is going to donate, is going to ask for refunds, and then, alas, is going to attend.
4: So that's for the listeners who are not season ticket holders, that's your best bet, is to hawk, by whatever means, um, season ticket holders who don't want to attend games and are not deferring to next season, right? So I don't know if this is StubHub or how you would do that. Is Does, does the NAAA have uh, uh, an outlet or a, a, a site to help season ticket holders get rid of their tickets?
3: Well, what we would prefer if they don't want to attend the games is yeah. that they can just simply defer that money to next year.
4: But if they say, I don't want to do that, I'd rather sell my tickets per game, what, what mechanism would you recommend for them to do that? Or is that not the right answer? Are we into a part of the matrix that, that isn't officially I yours? mean,
3: it's like capitalism over here. See, this is what you have to deal well, with. We provide
4: a service to the <laughs> greater Annapolis audience. And I know some people listening to this are like, oh, man, now I'm not going to be able to go to any Navy home games because I'm not a season ticket holder.
0: Matt, Matt watches all eBay transactions and StubHub transactions and takes notes. He's like, these seats were just sold. They belong to this person. They are on my list. Well, okay. isn't
3: it great, though, because...
4: So is that not kosher for a season ticket holder to, to sell well, their we know what their game? We know what happens, but officially you, go, you don't. You're, that's not authorized. Uh,
3: officially, no. We do have an exchange, right? Okay, that's it's what I'm easy, asking. Easy, easy as can be. You could do so it. What for one that? Stub hub. So what is StubHub. StubHub. Yeah, but okay. see, I think the problem is that I did my research prior to this. And I'm looking at three non-season ticket holders right here.
4: Well, I'm on, so, I'm on the sidelines so, with Bill. Why and I, I don't have a right. press pass? Okay, no, no, no. no. here we I go.
0: Mean, come here. on, do your I research, man. How do, are you getting oh, into the game, I Schofield? Did, you don't do, have a season
3: ticket. I do my work out in the parking lot, as everyone yeah. knows.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yep, I know. Or blue and gold members. You know, we could all be we could all be blue and gold members, John. It it seemed like <laughs> when we opened up this segment that it seems like from a personal experience was what you were reciting on how I had to deal with customers. Exactly, it, yes. It may or may not have been you that it, you're referring to. It, shaming person. the host umpteen, never
4: goes well, Matt. I'm umpteen just times
3: would I walk I into Munley's life. office <laughs> like two days
0: before a game and I'd be I'd be like, huh, yeah, small talk, how are the kids? I'd get all of his kids' names wrong. Yeah, I care, I care, I care. Yeah. Hey, by the way, do you have anything really close to the field for Saturday's no. game? <laughs> I, I,
4: you know, the kid's chief, big guy, and uh, good to see you, dude.
3: <laughs> it typically comes out like this, you know. Depending upon my stress level at that time, I try to be calm and cool, right? But typically he walks into the office and and I usually say, what do you want? And he then says, Come on, come on. Come on. I say it with more of a Baltimore. I go, come on, you know,
0: and it, because it has panache. But and then you uh, say what you want. But yeah. that that's years that's dated now. I have I have turned the page. I now, you know, I I I, I buy my tickets fair and square. I'm not a season ticket holder. Jordan. Yes. I I needed I needed like a five year period to recover from being the PAO. So All right. Yeah, well we're
4: ducking true. the question here. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Matt, you've said Stubhub. But yes. preferable is just defer.
3: Yes. Okay, but, good. but just so you know, any any season ticket holder, right? Now we're going to be going to digital tickets. So any season ticket holder can simply transfer those tickets with a one text message to another season ticket holder. Ooh, yeah. okay, nice. fantastic. Good stuff. Yeah, that is but, good stuff. But when we do do StubHub, which is our preferred secondary market, we have an integration with them. So we know we can trace along how your tickets go.
4: And the price for a season ticket, because it's closed out, remains the same? There's no assessment or? Correct. Okay, good
0: deal. Going forward, do you anticipate or have you like the plans in place? Say, you know, the first two home games, which are BYU and Temple? Correct. Um, you know, hey, that, that goes well, but then you have some, like, spikes in numbers and things of that nature. You know, have you talked, like, contingency plans? Hey, this is how we go from capacity fans, which is really just half capacity, to no fans at all. And and has it been discussed, like, hey, it goes to no fans. Can you then pivot to going back to fans for an Army-Navy game? And that gets me long-windedly to the last question, which is, what, what kind of plans or discussions have been had over Army-Navy?
3: Yeah, so to answer the first part, right, that's why our fans have been so patient with us because the easy thing to do is just say we're shutting it down and we're not going to do anything. But our fans are fairly intelligent people, most of which are graduates of the Naval Academy, which does not put me usually in an advantageous position in dealing with them. But we didn't want to just shut things down. So we would assess it. We would assess it. You can assume that the plans that are gonna take place are gonna first, when you look at how our schedule is set up, are gonna first address the first game of the year. You would then need to, just common sense would say, okay, well, let's make adjustments because we're gonna have lessons learned and Bill will probably get into that, right? We'll have lessons learned from game one. So why would we just say it's going to be one thing and that's it? Um, More work on us, who cares, you know? Um, but that's fine. And then we have game two, and we know one, after game two that there's going to be another gap again. So why wouldn't we reassess? Just like we're doing every day in Maryland. You know? Exactly. So we'll do the same thing. So
0: then Philly basically said no events of any kind up well, here. Like what, if, what discussions have been had about
3: Army If Navy? you read the fine print in there, Philly said no, no events of any kind from a city permit standpoint. Uh, They then came out the next day and said, well, this doesn't have to do with events that have already been scheduled and taking place without a city permit, which happens to be all of the Eagles games and the Army-Navy game. That's good. So the plan is now still to you know provided
0: you you keep assessing throughout the season and then the plan is to still have an Army Navy game Absolutely. presumably at least with the corps of cadets and the brigade of midshipmen correct yeah correct and i will chime in one thing
1: i think that army is the home team in this year's game is that correct yes so that makes a difference a lot of these decisions will start with army west point and navy will
3: then react but i mm. each of you sell your own tickets is that correct how does that work no uh well we wouldn't we wouldn't let army take the lead on Mostly, any, no. Uh, we definitely aren't going to let Army take the lead, but th- it would be a joint decision, even though, I mean, they're home, their home team symbolically. Okay. So we'll work together on that. But um, yeah, we've all sold our tickets. We, we were, prior to this happening, we are less than a thousand away from selling out. And I will be honest with you, we don't get a lot of traffic saying, I want, I want a refund on my Army-Navy tickets. Uh, I think it's the optimism of, of our fan base, right? That says, well, why would we cancel something that's going to happen in December? We can, we can simply wait. Now, if there are financial circumstances that people, you know, just simply want, we'll, we'll take care of that and we'll say, hey, no problem, here's your money back. And if you want to, if you want to, we'll just hold on to them for now. We'll hold your place in line, no problem. Because, I mean, without fans and, and without support, the job's pretty boring, I don't I don't even know honestly without fans if it exists but yeah the the level of of calm and um, yeah you know, just poise that you
0: always have about a pretty stressful job where a lot of people I know we were joking about me but a lot of people are always calling you asking for things hey can I get can I get tickets for this hey I don't like this you know, you've, you've always been, you know, first rate when it comes to customer service and representing in AAA. You're, you're one of the more senior people there. And, and I know on behalf of us, we, we really appreciate what you do. And, and if there are listeners and there are hordes, and I mean a lot, yeah. a lot of a listeners lot. out there who don't have season tickets or want more information about how to get tickets to add to your bottom line, how do they contact the ticket office? How do they get tickets? Put in a plug for your, for your own product here.
3: I think this is going to cost me in the long run after those very complicated words. More words, words. yeah. yeah. Well, More work. Well, yeah. I just mean personally from personal transactions. Yep, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
4: You need a laminate backstage <laughs> access? You know, I'm,
3: I'm going to tape this and this use it hurt. in perpetuity. <laughs> yes. No, it's easy. Tickets at usna.edu. That's the easiest, the quickest way to get, get a response back. Um, the phone calls most people we have it staffed but really we have a a chat line that's that's open daily from 10 to 4 that works seamlessly Um, because most people let's face it this day don't like picking up the phone which is disheartening but uh, because we like hearing from our fans Uh, but honestly it's it's an easy job because you get to live here in annapolis which is which is a bonus Uh, and really what you take from our fan base, they're really, really intelligent people, and it they have a lot of really good ideas. And like I said, I'm married to a Naval Academy grad, so I already know the smartest person in the room. So I don't have a problem with uh, taking the back seat to anything. And it, it, it's enjoyable, but our, our fan base is, is really, um, really exceptional, and, and you can take a lot from them. And most of the things that we'd learn, actually, and we put forward, Come, come from our experience with them. So,
0: awesome. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining Sing Second Sports. Uh, enjoy your your complimentary Sing Second mug. And I'm, uh, I'm excited and about it. I'm telling you, we this isn't any BS operation. We we are yep. we are legit. So, well, uh, oh, don't forget you. the ball marker. The ball marker too. Oh, yes, yeah. for all the golf guaranteed
4: but. to piss off your partners because it's like
0: it three is inches thick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is that in your line? Yeah, it's about seven feet from, from my ball. Yeah, that's that's a gigantic thing in my line. Yeah. So thank you very much, Matt. Um, yeah, Matt Munley, uh, assistant AD for uh, tickets. Thank you again, Matt. Uh, now happy to be joined by Bill Givens. Bill Givens is the senior associate athletic director for operations and championships. And as we talked to Bill, and we should have prefaced this when we, uh, we talked to Matt Munley, here we are in Navy Marine Corps stadium as they get ready for, uh, the upcoming season. And again, as Matt said, you know, with fans or without fans will be announced, um, you know, by the time this podcast is out, uh, everyone will know what that policy is, but Um, Bill, essentially, to break down what his title is, anything and everything that happens outside of the stadium, inside the stadium, you know, really falls on you. And so when it comes to fan ingress and egress and everything, anything and everything that's happening in the stadium, it kind of falls on you and your staff. So if you can expound upon what your duties are and kind of what you've been thinking about leading up to this coming football season.
5: Yeah, so, you know, what I like to tell people is that when you come to a Navy football game, from the moment you pull into the parking lot, everything that you see and do, except for what happens on the field, what happens at the ticket office, and what you hear on the PA on the video board, everything else is within my purview. The parking, the parking staff, the uh, security checkpoints, the uh, facility itself, the concessions, the seating bowl... Everything that you see is under my purview. And that's what uh, where my responsibilities lie. So uh, from A to Z on Navy football game day, from the time you get here to the time you get in your car at the end of the game and pull out, uh, is you know everything that you're doing within what I'd mentioned is under my purview. And, and the people that do those things report up through channels through me.
0: And that's a Herculean task. You know, it, it doesn't just involve the 6 or 7 home games per year it's it's prepping it's the maintenance within the stadium i assume it's yeah. just making sure that the fan experience you know from bathrooms to parking is is good to go so when it comes to you know, the upcoming BYU game, you know, I, I know that every game is kind of a headache in one way, shape, or form, but, you know, how have you been planning for the BYU game, kind of along the same lines of what Matt was talking about, where you've been, you know, just kind of going with the breeze and seeing how the changes are affecting everyone?
5: Yeah, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a really strange uh, four or five months. I mean, this is a 12-month-a-year facility. I mean, we start with, you know, the first Navy football game we go through the season. We do state high school championships. We do the military bowl. Then we get into Navy lacrosse. Then we get into Bayhawks lacrosse. We do summer camps. We do uh, the Annapolis 10 mile or all the road races that take place in Annapolis operate here. So we're out here 12 months a year doing events, uh, wedding receptions, retirement parties, anything and everything goes on out here. And then when everything got shut down in March, you know. The, you know, the stadium essentially shut down for the most part with events, so it's kind of been odd in in that sense in that I just, you know, don't feel like I have my pulse, fingers on the pulse of the stadium with, you know, things going on out here. I mean, we did have the Major League Lacrosse season, and we had the Naptown Challenge lacrosse games, which was good to get out here and to turn on these systems and fire things up to see, you know, see how things are running, but Going back to your question, we started in April, uh, the 1st of April. We have an internal committee within NAAA planning for the upcoming home football season. Uh, It was going to be, Lafayette was gonna be our home opener, then it was Notre Dame, now it's BYU. So we've been discussing the, uh, the options of what we can do here since April. And with so many unknowns, we were just focusing on the things that we can control And then as the situation changed, we'd peel this off and add this in all aspects of it, uh, of game day here. And we've gotten to the point to where we are now. We're three weeks, less than three weeks out from the home opener that we have an understanding of what we're going to do on game day here. Now, the the things that we're waiting to hear is, you know, uh, whatever announcement comes out today on how many fans will be here, whether it's 100%, which we all know won't happen, but what... What percentage of fans will be here on uh, September 7th? And then we'll scale our operation here accordingly. But a lot of the different COVID 19 mitigation strategies that we've been working on and discussing will be in place, but just either scaled down or scaled up to how many people we have uh, on game day.
1: Well, I'm going to bring up a few things that uh, I talked to Chuck Gladchuk about this and the prospects of how you handle your stadium operations, and this goes back to when Navy was hoping to host Johns Hopkins in a lacrosse game just days before everything shut down. Um, I think more than likely, no matter how many fans are allowed in this stadium, you're going to open up both sides of the stadium in order to have the entire available space to create social distancing, correct? That's
5: correct. We'll open up both sides. We'll uh, tweak our gate setup accordingly. We're going to create... Uh, Two-way traffic on the concourses, uh, on the south end concourse with directional errors to help with uh, 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 with congregation on the concourse and limiting uh, interaction with individuals. We will uh, have hand sanitizer stations inside and outside the gates and all of our enclosed areas. We will be doing uh, medical checks on everyone coming in with a credential, which will mean a uh, the four questions, the temperature scan. You'll get a neon yellow wristband. Was talking with Ward before we went on the air about the chain crew and what they they'll be going through down on the uh, on the field, interacting with the team bubble as it were, and still trying to determine whether they'll get COVID tested or not. Uh, all that's coming from the AEC. Uh, you know their mandate on what we're going to do. Uh, You know, we're going to encourage social distancing. We'll have the appropriate signage uh, throughout. Mask will be required for everybody in the venue uh, working. Working or not, you know, 100% mask will be required. We'll enforce that at the gates. We'll have signage for that. Do all of those things uh, to mitigate the risk of exposure, not just for our student athletes, but for our working staff and the uh, spectators as well.
1: One last thing for me before I turn it over to Ward, I think Chuck Gladchuck also was very strenuous about this, and I think this is important. If you don't have a ticket to come into this stadium on the game day, you're not going to be on the parking lot. It's not going to be open season, come party and tailgate, even though you can't get into the stadium. Is that correct?
5: That's correct. You know, We've got a new uh, parking uh, pass system that Matt implemented this year. It's a uh, Uh, All digital, all touchless, you know, same thing with our ticket operations. So uh, when we kick off against BYU on the 7th, if you don't have a parking pass, you can't get on the property. And we're still investigating what we're going to do out in the lot with how we're going to park cars. It depends on how many people are allowed in and our setup will be. But again, you have to have a parking pass to get on the property, whether you're working or spectator.
4: So, if you do have a parking pass, uh, are you allowed to tailgate our classes? Uh, that
5: you know? that is still uh, TBD. I think that'll be addressed in our announcement later on today. Uh, we're working closely with you know local and state officials on what what is allowed and what, what is and isn't allowed in the uh, uh, for a mass you know gathering of this size. So that's still TBD.
4: So you answered all my questions about the protocols. Uh, let me just say. Uh, that I've de facto worked for Bill for the last five years as a member of the chain gang. I've seen him in very high pressure situations, including the Army-Navy game ops meeting. There is nobody who's more professional. And as we've heard from Chet on down, there's no team better to deal with this max flex situation than the one at NAAA. So Bill, I look forward to being near you during these games um and uh, thanks for everything you've done on behalf of n and the community and it's been a blast to be part of the chain gang and this is really breaking news that bill has said that the chain gang is going to be part of the process we did not know until i guess you talked to gary last night um so that's great and uh my other my only other question was whether we're going to get our box of swag from under armor and we don't quite know yet and that's
5: still tbd that's tbd yeah, yeah. Okay. Don't throw away last year's shoes.
4: I won't. No, I have all my shoes. It's, it's fantastic. Some are in better shape than others based on how the Army-Navy game went that year. Um, the snowball. what was that, three or four years ago? The, those shoes are trashed. Uh, but the, the black ones from last year are still my, my A-game shoes, yeah. But I would like a new pair. You know, it's been 12 months. But, no, that's great. That's great news. Thanks, Bill.
1: So we're taping this podcast from the stadium where uh, the superintendent's t- uh, tent Uh, above, in the end zone, uh, above the field. And I'm looking over at the suites and that brings another topic up. You know, my friend David Liliflorn with his lily pad and he knows he usually gets 18 seats inside the lily pad. Um, You're probably gonna have to cut back on the suites, right? Suite holders probably not gonna be able to expect to have all of their number of seats in there, I would imagine.
5: Well, that's still uh, to be determined as well, Bill. But what we're gonna do is we'll just you know ask our sweet holders you know dave and others is to you know what they're comfortable with because it's like inviting people into your house you know are you comfortable having 30 people in your house or do you want to limit it to a handful so more than likely that's how we're going to do we'll leave it up to the individual sweet holder to what what they're comfortable with if you're if you're a sweet holder and, and you've got a family an extended family of 20 that you're comfortable with or 30, you know, the, you know the, we'll work with the sweet holder on that, but again, leaving it up to the sweet holder to what he or she are comfortable with.
0: Let us force multiply for you. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're going to be in the area for the BYU game, and I know that everyone likes to come to, to Annapolis, particularly as it stops getting, like, end of the world hot and it gets nicer into the fall. If you don't have a parking pass, you know, if, if you're not, you know, actually attending the game, don't descend on the stadium. Don't descend on the parking lot. You know, help us be responsible out here and, and, and make Bill's life and uh, Matt's life easier. So um, great information. I echo what you guys have said. Pure professionals working your asses off for the past few months to get ready for the unknown. And now it looks like we know a little bit um, Last bit of advice. Assuming there are fans, how early do you want people to ingress into the stadium? Because I assume as you're temp checking, as you're doing this, you know, kind of triage at the gates, you're going to have more personnel ingressing them in, but are you going to give advice in terms of how early they should show up? You know, because now, if you have a huge line queuing up, it's gonna be hard to social distance that. It stretches into the parking lot. You've got a logistical issue. So what advice would you give to people to come into the stadium, assuming they're fans?
5: Yeah, I foresee still opening the gates two hours prior to kick, and we would encourage fans to come in in a metered flow, but you know, come in early, watch the warmups, or come in you know, later uh, as it sees fit. But our security staff at the gates will, again, I, you know, I use the term metered flow, We'll, you know, hold people up so we can get them in. You know, doing, doing the, uh, you know, the bag checks, the security checks, and we so we can't forget that we still have to be on our top of our game when it comes to security. But doing the security bag check, going through uh, Matt's folks uh, with the ticket scanners and into the stadium, so our staff will help mitigate that as far as you know, uh, discouraging. Crowding. We'll have uh, our external video boards, we'll have messaging about that. Our gate PA will have messaging about that. Just telling people not to gather. Don't do anything that you're not comfortable with. Just like when you go to the grocery store, you will, you. however close you get to somebody is to your level of comfort. And that's what we'll, you know, that's what we're going to encourage people to do. But we'll open up the gates early enough that we can get everybody in in a timely manner where they're not bunched up.
0: Awesome. And uh, we're happy to. Um, to announce that we do expect to have David Lilith-Lauren and Mike Davis uh, of, of Lilypad fame, uh, both groomsmen in Matt Munley's wedding from way back in the day on the pod next week to not only talk about their time as offensive linemen, but to talk about what they hear in terms of what they can do in the Pad. So again, from Sync Second Sports to Matt Munley to Bill Gibbons, thank you so much for what you've done to make the fan experience better here for the, for the fans of Navy football and fans of Navy sports all around. Um, Thank you again. And uh, and we're going to go to break. This is Sing
6: Second Sports. Thank you all. You're listening to Sing Second Sports with John Schofield, Ward Carroll, and special guest Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol. If you like what you hear, hit like below and share with your classmates and friends. Let us know how we're doing. Hit us up on Twitter at we sing second that's at we sing second now back to the pod
0: all right we're back uh awesome conversation with matt munley and bill giddens about um you know how we're going to do this byu game a lot of good information there we're going to have to break that down a lot more as we go forward Uh, Next interview, uh, this is our athlete segment, and we've got a really good one this week. We are talking to, I'm not going to reveal any names, but on Twitter, he is known as UnsatMid. He's got a great Twitter following. It's extremely, um, I'll just call it entertaining. I've been following it for years. Um, So I'll just go ahead and ask you, how are you doing?
7: I'm doing really well, sir. I'm uh, having a great time in Bancroft Hall.
0: So everyone knows that the year is now a bit different for you. You're a firstie. We're, we're mm-hmm. protecting your name to uh, protect the innocent here. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're a firstie. What what is your thought process being a firstie and knowing
7: that at least for the first semester you cannot leave the yard? Well, it is it is a little rattling to, to say the least. You know, I've I worked pretty hard uh, over the past three years uh, to get to this point, and uh, there's a lot of luxuries that come with being a firstie and a lot of those are now null and void. And so it's just kind of, uh, it's just kind of, it hasn't set in yet because we haven't really been doing much. Uh, We haven't started the academic year, but it's just kind of scary to think that uh, the liberties that I've been looking forward to for so long are kind of slipping through my fingers right now. Um, But there are going to be some good opportunities, you know, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I'm trying to stay optimistic as best I can. I'm not really a cynical person. So uh, just kind of looking forward to, to getting through the academic year, at least for the first semester.
0: So how are your how are your classmates handling it? Like, if, if for the most part, I know you guys are probably in a bunch of group chats and and discussing the ins and outs about how it was going and what you were hearing as as reform was happening as as you came back. Mm-hmm. And I understand you were a first set detailer. Yeah. You know, how, how did your classmates handle it? And then, as a first set detailer, how did the plebes handle it? Um, and and how, having gone through plebe summer yourself, when we weren't obviously in a pandemic, you know, how was it for you trying to detail these mids when under completely different circumstances? This is like a, a completely wild time.
7: Yeah. So for for plebe summer, it was it was interesting. So we came back two weeks early. And same, as the, same with the plebes. They came back two weeks before I day actually started, the first day of the Oath Day. And uh, we had to be separated the entire two weeks. So it was our ROM period, restriction of movement period. So the only person I could talk to was my roommate, who was also a first set detailer. Um, and it was kind of weird. Every day felt the same. We just played video games together. I, hope, I mean, you at least like your roommate, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. So oh. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't too bad. It was kind of just a waiting period. It was only two weeks, so it wasn't that long. Uh, and then Pleep summer started, and everything kind of went pretty well. There were some weird things we had to do. The pleaps couldn't be on any other deck but their own. Uh, so that was, that was a little weird. And there were other restrictions. They were, had to wear their masks at all time. So whenever we had to, to drop them, make them do push-ups, they had to take their mask off. And it was just kind of interesting. It wasn't so much that it was completely different. Plebe summer wasn't reinvented. It was just small tweaks like that, that we kind of had to teach ourselves because it wasn't what we had gone through. Um, but plebe summer went really well. Uh, th- it was just the normal problems that every detailer runs into scheduling stuff is, it, there's stuff that's scheduled on top of each other. And you don't, you have no idea how you get your plebes from hospital point to Lejeune in two seconds. Stuff like that. But uh, everything else went pretty fine. And then after that, uh, they didn't want to send the first set detailers home. So they kept them here. And we were just here for two weeks, basically doing what we did during ROM. Played a lot of spike ball. And then, then reform hit over the past two days. And uh, it was pretty weird. Uh, we had to move rooms. I, I think we moved four times so far. Oh man. Yeah, so that was, that was kind of a pain. But uh, everyone's attitude is kind of just unsure right now cause we tried to do formation yesterday and formation, we had to stand six feet apart and had masks on, but not all of us can fit in on deck. And so it was kind of, it it was pretty messed up. I don't, (laughs) it didn't go as (laughs) smoothly as uh, I think CC planned, but uh, overall everyone is just kind of waiting for the differences to pop out because right now it's just kind of, it's just kind of bizarre. Uh, and especially because classes haven't started yet. So we're not in our new normal of taking classes in our rooms and stuff like that. Um, So it's just, it's again, a waiting game, the third waiting game of the summer uh, to see what's going to, what's going to happen. Well, it
0: prepares you for the fleet. And this will be my last question (laughs) before I let our producer, uh, Chris Ravello ask you a couple of questions since he's the grad and I'm not, but, You know, obviously here we are at the end stages of, you know, Vela golf and, and the, uh, and the Truman strike group coming home after basically not having uh, a single port visit. And, Mm -hmm. and you guys are kind of living the same thing. Um, So by the time this pod comes out, you will have gone through the first couple of days of classes. Classes start Wednesday. And as we're talking to you, here we are on, on Monday what what have you heard in terms of classes? There have been rumors that the youngsters are going to live on St. John's. You know, it, what details about that can you share?
7: So I mean, very little <laughs> of uh, just like anything. We've I've gotten uh, oh. emails from about two of my professors. Uh, Forty-eight hours in advance of class, um, I know two of these professors, and they're they're on top of everything. And I think the other ones are figuring out as they go. Um, but they, I think, almost every professor did a summer class or finish up the fall semester online, um, and so they they have lessons learned um, for what they should do, and it should kind of go off with a hitch, without a hitch, I think. Um, it's just going to be weird because my two roommates will be in class at the same time. I'll be in class, and I have a lot of discussion-based classes. So, and so does my roommate. So talking over each other. I'm not really sure. It, again, it's just kind of up in the air. Um, but I, I, I have full faith in my professors. I mean, I know t- like one of them will do a, a killer job. She's awesome, my German professor. And so I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Again, it's just that, that waiting game. Like, you, like I said, it's just, uh, just see, who knows where it's gonna go. It'll take a little bit for that normal to set in, that, that uh, the monotony that we're so used to, which is I think a little bit healthy. But then the youngsters will come back because there's still a few hundred people not at the academy. And then I think things will change. And they've also talked about moving into um, in-person classes. So as of right now, it's just waiting for the classes to start and then waiting for them to change again and then waiting for them to change again.
6: <laughs> so let, let's back up a second. Um, let, let's set the stage because we've, we've talked about and we've heard a couple different things in the weeks leading up. Who's back at the academy now and who still has to come back? Um, Can you kind of set that like from a
7: 10,000 foot level? So right now, uh, I think all of the first classmanshipmen are back and all of the plebes are back. Um, And then the vast, vast majority of the second class and juniors are back. And then the youngsters, the third class, there is a few hundred, I would say 300 that are not here right now probably actually probably more than that 500, I'd say about half the class is probably not here right now. And they're showing up over the next couple of days, but they can't move into their new, their company areas because they're in a restricted um, operational movement stage. Got it. So (laughs) it's everyone's spread out and uh, it's, it's just kind of interesting right now. It'll be uh, waves of people coming back and it'll change everyone's daily life. Each time that waves come back, a wave come back.
6: So how is morale people upbeat? I mean, or people frustrated, like, I mean, what would you kind of characterize the the mood of Bancroft Hall right now?
7: So I don't think it's frustration yet. There's a lot of things for us to do with reform. You have to get your uniforms ready. You have to move, you have to move in. You're seeing all your old friends that you haven't seen in a few months, stuff like that. And so I think morale is pretty high at the moment, but I think over the next few weeks, as the monotony sets in, I think the uh, attitude will go kind of down. That's kind of why I'm hoping for sports or something to be set up on the yard to kind of keep our mind away from the academics at the moment. Um, So the attitude right now is pretty good.
6: So we were talking about in kind of the pre-show interview, you're active in a number of different sports. What are you hearing about whether it's club sports or intramurals or what is going to happen to be able to fill the, that physical of the moral, mental, and physical angle of the, of the mission? You know, what, what's going to happen there? Or are you guys on your own to, uh,
7: to fill that in? So for the physical mission, I think for, I think a lot of club sports are going to be out the window of competing this semester. Uh, I think many of them will be able to practice together and kind of just be able to, to play their sport, even if it's just a pickup game, a scrimmage, like inter-squad scrimmage. Um for intramurals i haven 't heard a single thing, sure. uh so that'll be interesting, of course and then for the varsity teams it i I ask my my friends on the the teams like what's going on there i don 't know who knows who knows sure. when we're playing this year so, so is, I mean, if you
6: if uh, if you wanted to go over to one of the gyms and you know play basketball or whatever, are you guys able to do that yet, or is it still? To the point where you're not able to even do that level of physical activity
7: can't even do that i think okay i i believe they're trying to get the gyms open for weight weight lifting and stuff like that pick up basketball um as soon as possible i think the pool just opened lejeune just opened for open swim for the brigade um which is good and i know the commandant really wants to get he, he wants us to be able to work out. He doesn't want to just have right. to make us run around Farragut and that's our workout. <laughs> um, sure. But we can go out onto the athletic fields. We, I played a bunch of spike ball. Um, a lot of mids played tennis, a lot of tennis on the tennis courts. So there are, there are options and they're trying to open up more.
6: So let me let me switch. And, you know, it's funny because I always give John a hard time for talking too much. But, John, this is kind of addictive. Uh, I, I see why uh, <laughs> I see why you ask so many questions. Let's talk a little bit about the unsat mid, because I um, a- am a fan. I enjoy the uh, I enjoy the candor. I enjoy the back and forth. Are you the original uh, unsat mid or are you like the dread pirate Roberts? Somebody gave it to you, who <laughs> gave it to somebody else or what, ha- t- talk to me a little bit about that.
7: So uh, the founding of UNSAT MID, uh, that kind of came about very uh, weirdly. There was an incident my youngster year. I had a Twitter account that I didn't really use very much. And one night I was on my Twitter and then um, I'd followed a few firsties or or some some upperclassmen. And there was an event that went down at a uh, hockey game, a club hockey game. Uh, where a few midshipmen the uh, had a little bit too much to drink. Nothing serious happened, and people were cracking jokes about it. And I made a, a, a little picture involving it, uh, kind of just making fun of some people. Um, and it got a lot of – a lot of people liked it, thought it was funny. And so I just kind of – it kind of snowballed from there. Um, and a, a lot of the times, especially on, Insta- like, Navy Instagram accounts, they're kind of cynical for the sake of being cynical. I don't really – I don't – that's kind of not my, my style, and I really love Navy sports, um, so I kind of wanted to focus on Navy sports along with just uh, general funny, because the academy is the funniest place in the world, so there's always, there's always jokes to be made. Um, so that was kind of the founding of it, and I just kind of snowballed with it. I just try to have as much fun as possible, um, and it's, it's great. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: So, so that, it, well, oh that I'll, I'll do one more and then uh Chris okay. will finish up his last one. So when when I was there as a PAO, like you would have never seen, you know, the two commandants I had, uh now Vice Admiral Bill Byrne and, and Brigadier General Bobby King Shea, Burn. yeah,
6: they
0: they they would not they would not be on social media the way that the current Don is. And I follow the Don um or Sing Second Sports follows the Don on Instagram and we see the daily Don video and all of that. That's it's it's good to see that and it shows that the leadership is matching what the current student body needs or is looking for in terms of communication and i've now through you know um you know through you and a lot of your classmates and a lot of the mids follow a lot of accounts and 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 to be very truthful there are a lot of funny people out there and and there's just some great shit out there in terms of content that for years and years was really was really swept under the rug or unfortunately when I was the PAO, you know, was was really spewed all over a social media platform called Yik Yak, which was yep. horrible. Yep. Um n- now I, I think I think it's really, really good to see that there's a lot of back and forth on traditional social media platforms, which brings me long-winded question. Um, you know, to the back and forth that took place in and around Cameron Kinley. um, I think there were like a couple of social media posts where, you know, someone had said, Hey, you know, you know, football players are dirtbags. And I know that, you know, that, that you were following that as much as I was. How, how do you feel, um, you know, the, that the advent of Twitter and, and the okay, you know, how the, the administration is okay with people on Twitter allows them to speak their mind. And then how did you feel about the, the exchange that Cameron Kinley had with, with people who, you know, there were some uninformed people out there like, Hey, football players are dirtbags writ large.
7: Hmm. So I think the social media aspect of the Naval Academy is for the most part, really, really great. I think it's, it's pretty great. Um, even the cynical Instagram accounts that I talked about before give the dot, the commandant, cause he follows a lot of them, a chance to see uh, kind of where the brigade is at, what people have a, um, a problem with at the Academy at that point. Um, and I think his, his dot dailies, his daily Instagram stories are really good. I mean, it's a way to connect to the brigade when he can't connect to us in any other way, unless it's an email. And that comes off pretty impersonal. Um, especially when it's, I mean, it's pretty cool to have the commandant with a little daily vlog on Instagram. We would never have seen that before, I think. Um, so I think it's, a, it's for the most part, a good thing, but there are accounts of pretty uh, poor actions like the, uh, the Yik-Yak, the, like you said Yik-Yak, but we have Jodel now, which is basically the same thing. Um, and they were talking about Cam Kinley uh, who's our, our now class president and a member of the football team. And Cam's great. I, can remember cam's speech to us uh our plea year when he went up for president and i i i saw that stuff i don't go on jodel because i think it's just a um a cesspool of uh of nonsense so i never ever go on there but i did see screenshots of it and a lot of people talking about cam and i i just messaged him like hey cam like you know the brigade is behind you like you're one of the best dudes I, like I said, I remember your he talked about, um, starfish in his speech to, the, to our class. And I said, I can remember that clear as day. Like, I remember voting for you. Like, you're awesome. Like they're, they're badmanship in every, every aspect of the Academy, whether it's the football team or a NARP, um, and he's not one of them. And so I just think, I think I try to like shed as much positivity as I can on the, on uh, my my little Twitter account, um. But also it's kind of sometimes it's a little bit fun to have a little bit of cynicism uh, just to keep me uh, keep me in line because I, I don't think I could be a midshipman without a little bit of cynicism
6: last question what do you think about the BYU game one do you think it, it's going to happen um, Two, what are the thoughts if you guys have allowed yourself to think about it do you expect to have midshipmen in attendance does it matter uh, just kind of give me your view of Uh, of the game and, you know, where your head is right now, just a few weeks away from hopefully the home opener on Labor Day weekend.
7: Yeah. So I'm like, I, like I said, I'm a huge Navy football fan. It's my, that's my team. Like that's before any NFL team or anything like that, Navy football is my team. And so I was really, really, really disappointed when Notre Dame uh, walked on us or what people thought we walked on them Um, because I I love playing Notre Dame every year. Um I hate them but I respect them and I love playing them. Uh and so I was really disappointed that morning that it was released that we weren't playing them. Um and it took a few hours for the BYU game to come up and say we're playing BYU. Um which is really good. I'm I'm really excited to play BYU. I'm really glad coach Ken isn't there right now at, at coaching at BYU cuz he could have been. Um, so I'm re- and I think coach Ken really wanted to play them. We also have a a guy who in my who was in my company, who dropped out. Uh, he actually plays at BYU. He's a great guy. He left for personal reasons, and we're really excited to see him play against us. Um, and it's, I, I'm really excited to play BYU. It's kind of an opponent. We don't play very much. Uh, I, I don't know the last time we played them. I, there's probably some point, but I am worried that the brigade will not be going to the game um, because it is on a Monday night. thats I think it's at an 8 p.m. start. And we have classes the next day. Um, and I don't want my, my football season for first year taken away from me. I want to go to every game as, as much as possible. Um, and so hopefully they'll allow an option for a few hundred midshipmen to go. Uh, that's kind of my hope. But as of right now, I, I couldn't imagine all 4,400 of us going to Navy and Marine Corps the night before school. Um, I think it'd be really hard to pull off, especially because of how much power the academic dean has.
0: <laughs> well, I think uh, you know if any voice is important here, I think you represent the voice of the rest of the brigade, and th- and that is that that sports is important, the physical mission is important, and that's why not to have a corny segue, but that's why we do this podcast. Uh, you know, the physical mission is is a huge part of why we do this, and what and what is important at the Naval Academy. So I know I speak for the rest of the Sync Second Sports Team when I say I hope we get to find you, still keep your identity, um, you, know, you know, under, under wraps and, and interview you as uh, after you've marched on and some sort of modified march on. I'm quite sure it'll be different. There won't be, you know, wild Annapolitans throwing candy at you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, here, here's hoping that we have a lot of interviews in the future and, and I just I really appreciate uh, and I know I speak for Chris here. I, I I really appreciate you speaking on behalf of your class in the mids, yeah, you know, that that you're adapting and overcoming. And and if you don't get liberty the entirety first semester, the entirety of the first semester, then then you're gonna drive on and, and work on it. But yeah, you know, if, if anyone can handle this, Naval Academy Midshipman can. So uh Shipmate, I, I really appreciate what you're doing and thanks for giving us your perspective.
7: thank you so much i really appreciate being on
0: yeah no problem until the next time you'll be a recurring guest so (sighs) um hey everyone unsat mid uh if if you have any uh desire to get a really good viewpoint into uh some comic relief uh happening in the brigade uh follow unsat it's at
7: oh it's at unsat midshipman m-i-d-n
0: All right, unsat, M-I-D-N, follow him on Twitter. And uh, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, Ward, Wags, and I will wrap it up. You are listening to Sing Second Sports. sing, second, sport. This is sponsored by Mills Fine Wine and Spirits located in downtown Annapolis at City Dock, owned by Jerry and Jen Donahoe, class of 94. Please rely on Mills for your beverage and refreshment needs. They deliver to your boat, to your home, and have great deals for grads and non-grads alike. Thank you so much for sticking with us through those awesome interviews. I think I, I speak for my my cohorts here when I say that's a really good viewpoint into kind of the totality of feelings out there about how the pandemic has affected us. Uh, you know, Bill and Matt talking about all the work that AAA has been doing, um, you know, with regard to whatever the course of action was going to be, which we now know is no fans. Um, Ward's perspective talking to his classmates, you know, where, you know, Those those classmates of his from 82 are probably representative of a whole lot of alumni who are really looking forward to coming back to Annapolis this fall, either for their reunion or for uh, just to watch a football game. Um, And a lot of people, as the pandemic has shown us from the beginning, are going to have to adjust fire and and figure out, you know, how to to embrace the new normal. And then really a lot of thanks to UNSAT Mid. Um, the Twitter phenomenon, which is unsat uh, for for his perspective in the hall, and again, it just warms my heart to hear um, you know that that the brigade is sticking together and, and really working hard to stay positive throughout this experience, which is something that no one could see on the horizon. so um, as we break this down and finish it up, you know a couple of news points as always uh, we're pretty big BYU. Number one, apparently just playing service academies all the time now. It was announced last night that they're now going to play West Point up at Mikey Stadium, uh, I believe, September 19th. Um, so, you know, they're they're on the tour de force of service academies. Um, and I will, again, put the plug in, no nicer place on the planet to see a football game in the autumn than Mikey Stadium. Um, but then the really big news out of Navy football, again, reported by WAGS, was dropped by Ivan Jasper earlier this week about, you know, where we are starting quarterback wise or not starting quarterback wise, but you know what the quarterback competition is looking like. And a name popped up that I don't think a lot of people saw coming. Wags, you want to, you want to break that down a tiny bit before we break off?
1: Well, yeah, Ivan surprised us all in a zoom media meeting on Monday when he said that Dalen Morris has seized control of the quarterback Competition. Uh, I frankly had written Dalen Morris off. He was a senior who never made much progress up the depth chart. They always seemed to jump somebody over him. Note like Perry Olson last year. Perry Olson's a freshman, and he takes the, the backup quarterback position ahead of Dalen. So it just uh, you know, I didn't think Dalen. I thought it was over for Dalen Morris. And to his credit, the kid did not give up. He continued to persevere. He continued to work. He continued to act as though he had the ability to be the starter. And apparently he came back here, a man on a mission, was the quote Ivan Jasper used, and just has been phenomenal and outshone all of the other quarterbacks. It wasn't so much what Perry Olsen or Messiah Maynard or whomever else that's in the competition didn't do. It's what Dalen Morris did. He's just been on point. He's been outstanding in every practice. And, you know, again, Coach Niamatololo and Coach Jasper could not rave enough about the progress he's made as a quarterback, and they seem very, very comfortable turning the reins over to Dalen. So congratulations for to Dalen for stepping up. And, it, frankly, that was a week into training camp. It did not take him long to seize control and show that he was the guy. So I think that's a, a relief – to the coaching staff, the fans will continue to be skeptical until they see him perform in a game, but making, they had to find out who the quarterback was and settle who's going to get the number one
0: reps throughout training camp, and that is done. It's not like this is a completely new thing. I think it was either you or, or maybe Scott uh, posted on Twitter some of the you know examples in the past where you know, a particular Navy quarterback's first year and the starting job was their senior year. I think the last one was Will Worth, who had a pretty damn good year. Um, so, you know, for, for those who might be casting a skeptical eye on this, there is a lot of, um, you know, at least four or five examples in the last 10 to 12 years, really successful years in the program, where a senior has taken over for the first time uh, their senior year. So let, let's hope it works out in this, uh, in this case. Ward, what was your take on it?
2: Well, so I think we know running a triple option very much is on the shoulders of the quarterback, and we've seen in recent years folks that have it subjectively, objectively, and folks who do not. Um, you name Will Worth, um, of course, Malcolm Perry. And the Dolphins just put out a very cool video of Malcolm doing some, some uh, sort of slalom drills yesterday it was kind of great in that it looks like they're giving him a real honest look. Going into the season here, so that that was very cool. Um, I direct everybody on Twitter to go up the the Dolphins page to check out Malcolm in action there. So he's another example of a guy going into the the season. We were all doubtful that he'd be able to Roger up and 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 own the program, and as we all know, that's a you know matter of history now that he he had a fantastic season. So as I've said on the show before. Olson was never really impressive, and I know he was very young when he was given the nod, sort of episodically, um, when either Malcolm's shoulder popped out of uh, of uh, joint or it was just time to give him a break. Um, but there's sort of that intangible part of the triple option that I don't think Olson ever possessed. Um, so it it was poachable, you know. And so good on uh, Dalen for coming back and being ready and 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 going after it. So uh, you know we've seen this, there is precedent for this being a successful formula in the recent past. And so we'll know in short order here, because the BYU game is literally two weeks from this coming Monday, you know, it's happening. Uh, so um, I'm not surprised. And, and I, I, I have uh, great hopes that this will be a successful formula.
0: Yeah, and, and I agree with you. Um, and you mentioned the BYU game, award uh, before, uh, before we bounce out of here, I'll again, kind of double down on what uh, Matt Mumley was saying during his interview is as we get into this season and and everyone is is looking at the prospect of of no fans in the stands, which is definitely going to be the case for BYU and is sort of TBD going forward. Yeah, you know, if if you're a supporter of NAAA and Navy Athletics and, and you're a season ticket holder, the encouragement we would provide, as Matt would provide, uh, would be to not, you know, cancel out your orders and just walk away from it you know, push this to the next year when hopefully we have uh, more normalcy uh, to inject into the 2021 football season. Um, so that, that, that would be our plug for, for Matt and AAA to continue to support, to support Navy athletics at a time when they really need it, uh, when athletic departments across the country are looking at really steep cuts and, and financial extremists uh, due to this pandemic. So, um, you know, stick with Navy sports as we are going to stick with Navy sports uh, again, so much, so many, uh, so much appreciation uh, to NAAA for making Matt and Bill Gibbons available to us. Thanks again to Unsat Mid, uh, who was just an awesome, awesome interview. And thanks to Chris Cervello for producing. Thank you, Ward and Wags, again for joining me this week. Uh, we'll look for you next week when we talk to Dave Lillafloren and a couple of other guests about the lead up to the BYU game. And we'll see you then. This is Sing Second Sports.